Hello and welcome to the Engineering YouTube and podcast. I'm Paul, your host. This podcast is all about Porsche and the cars and the people and the technology and the engineering that goes behind it. You'll find your Porsche stories, which is us, me, talking to you about your Porsche, your journeys and your life experiences with those cars. Tech Talk, which is all about the technical aspects of Porsche. Waffle, which is just me whistering on about basically anything with some friends. And Heritage, which looks at the entire journey of Porsche from the earliest days to the present day. If that sounds interesting to you, then stick around. Welcome back to the Engineering YouTube and podcast, and welcome to episode 25. We are now mid-December. I have no idea where this year's been so far. It is raced by. One minute I'm thinking about, or talking about, um, this French trip, this driving around the Alps and um, how excited I am the next minute. I'm thinking about wrapping up, editing and getting everything out for Christmas. Can't believe it. Um, so this week we are talking to uh, Lydia, who's the workshop manager for Rent RPM Technic. Um, RPM Technic are a UK-based company that, um, and I'll share this for those of you that are anywhere in the world, um, the UK-approved Manti Racing distributor and uh, fitting centre. Uh, they also do um, restorations, which I didn't elaborate on previously, but they very much do restorations, as you will find out, um, particularly when you've got uh, a, nine, a 959 in, you know, being recommissioned and restored. Restored? 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 Um, amongst other things, your normal workshop-related activity, so service maintenance, um, if you're uh, not wedded to staying with an OPC and you're interested in having support, obviously local to me, I use Barn Sports, um, and big shout out to Barn Sport who, who are just the best guys locally. Um, but RPM Technic are not local to me, otherwise I would probably use them. Um, and I was just so massively impressed by it's like scaling up from an OPC. You go to an OPC and you have a nice coffee and you sit around and you think, oh, this is attractive. This is, you know, there's some nice big posters on the wall and a load of merch. Wi-Fi is normally terrible. Um, but it's it's a nice experience and you know what you're going to get wherever you go. Um, but you when you go to a um, somebody that's supporting Porsche but they're not an OPC, that, that's such a wide variety of what you're going to get you can get the you know one or two man band nothing wrong with those especially if they're factory trained and they've got all the equipment that you'd need to be able to maintain and look after modern and um older porsche you've got the kind of somewhere in the middle ground where they operate a light retail business um two or three techs of of mixed abilities uh, depending on this and uh, the kind of depth of the work all the way through to and at the right at the end of the other end of the spectrum are rpm technique where they've as i said just a second ago um manti racing approved um and they you know will build a cup car engine for you or they'll sell you a 2rs they had a what they had what was called the csr program a few years back that they no longer do 
I'm getting into the actual episode here, and I don't want to do that. I want to make sure that <laughs> all of the interesting stuff is preserved. This is Waffle. This is the entry point to the podcast. Welcome if you've never come to the podcast before. Um, it's a podcast and YouTube channel, so there is video content. This episode you'll see if you head over to YouTube, you'll be able to see the episode um, and the conversation take place live. Uh, but for those of you that are going for a run, um, sitting on the toilet, whatever you're doing right now and you're deciding to listen to a podcast and you've decided to tune into engineering, thank you very much. Welcome. And uh, yeah, so you can get it on any podcast streaming service and YouTube as well. Um, normally what I do is uh, prior to getting into the episode, I'll do a bit of a catch up. Anything that's happened in the industry in the week that's gone by. Also, I will reflect on anything personal to me or my car, my events, that sort of thing. Um, so we'll start with Porsche. Porsche, there, there was a, and I'll say right now it's speculation. I like to try and stay, um, I like to try and stay as close to truthful as possible and not speculate too much. Um, but this was interesting. So the 919 race car was a V4 hybrid um and there's been discussion or speculation around a v4 platform being tested in development for the 911 um i don't even know where to start unpicking that I'm not having a flat six and a 911 let's start there i don't i don't see it it's it is speculation there was some this is from car buzz i think in the states porsche came back and said we won't speculate. We're, we're not going to confirm or deny. We're going to sit right in the bank smack in the middle, which doesn't tell you anything because I think whether they were or were not going to do that, they would say the same thing. So I don't think that's a particular indicator. I think it's an interesting concept. I'd like to think it stays as a concept personally. Um, I don't know. You can play around with hybrid with the other models, Cayenne, Panamera, you know, obviously Taycan's full electric EV. Um, but the 911 for me, we're just not, I think that it just needs to be preserved. There's nothing we can do about the Cayman and Boxster. That is gone. You can't order a new, to my knowledge anyway, you can't order a new GTS 4 litre. So the flat six is gone. Um, the 4RS you can obviously still order, but there's not, you know, they're, they're pretty much run out now anyway. So um, good luck getting one. Um, so that's it. With And then the other thing that popped up was in Malaga, um, the Boxster EV uh, mule, test mule, was seen out driving about. So um, with its weird plastic appendages all over it and some horrible um, fake exhaust tip on the back. I mean, it looks horrendous. They're designed to not be looking, to not look good, obviously, but it looks particularly awful and sounds muted. So, um, but it's coming. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the evolution of the design looks like. If you think about the history of the Boxster, the 986, um, which I think's aged absolutely beautifully. So, um, yeah, I, I really love an early Boxster. Um, the 987 generation, dot one and then dot two. Um, that span, when did that span? 2005, I think it was, through to 2000 and God, someone's going to crucify me now. 2009, 2010, something like that. And then dot two is 2010 to 2013. That's about right. 20, end of 2012 on all the way through to 2016 would have been uh, 981 generation and then 718 all the way through to the current day. Um, 
it's not a huge change from the 981 generation, so the 2012 all the way through to the present day. The design language is very much a gentle iteration, almost like, I mean, it's, it's I'm pretty sure, right, pretty sure I'm right in saying that the actual chassis, the platform has changed very little in that time. Um, body panels aren't interchangeable for the most part, some are. So it really is expected to be another move from there. But then if you look at the 991, 911s to the 992, there's a huge change. So it is difficult to tell when you're looking at, um, at sort of someone's grainy photos, but um, it looks like if you look at the side profile, broadly similar to the standard 9718 uh, box that you see today. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with that. I will reach out to Porsche Portsmouth, who are my local dealer, and see when they get one in, whether I can take one out. Um, and then I'll give you my honest feedback. Um, so that's, I'd love to hear your thoughts, by the way. So if you're listening to this on YouTube and you can make a comment in the comment section, do put a comment in and let me know what you think about um, the EV Boxster and Cayman that's coming out and the idea of a V4 hybrid going into a 911. I think that's probably going to be the more provocative of of, um, of options there. But I am interested in your thoughts. Or you can slide over to uh, Instagram at UK. Your Porsche stories. I had somebody reach out just today uh, from New Zealand, which is amazing. Thank you very much. And that's going to be shot or recorded next week for your Porsche Stories episode. Just as a reminder, you can personally be on your Porsche Stories, uh, info at reengineering.com, or again, you can DM me inf- uh, at reengineering UK on Instagram and we can set something up. I'm recording one tomorrow uh, from a chap in the States, and then, like I said, one next week with someone in New Zealand. Really cool that these are starting to pick up. Um, I, yeah, it, it's great. I can't wait. Those episodes because there's so much backed up will take a little while to come through so if you're listening to this thinking that that a recording would happen and then your episode would be out the next week it's very unlikely that that would happen um the chances are you'd have to wait for a couple of months but um but i am fascinated all the same and i want to get those booked in and banked um so there's plenty of content for it to come um in case i uh do a road trip or i go away or um you know the day job creeps in and takes over for a short period of time which i'm kind of expecting in the early part of next year what i will say though is that next year we are starting to think about uh, events and what's going to happen um we are looking at the opportunity of doing some live events um Engineering and uh, Legends Drivers Club are an affiliated uh, club and, um, and channel, so I have been and will keep on attending those Legends Drivers Club events, and I'll also do, I think, going to try and do some more um, Cars and Coffee events for Engineering Cars and Coffee, which are, again are, would be linked to Legends. Um, big shout out to Andre he's had an amazing year absolutely and, and who has their biggest event in December when the weather's turning in the UK and well I'll tell you who uh, Legends Drivers Club do it Western Brewery um, that's typically where most of the events are but the the big ones that, that we that Andre and I've been talking about or him organizing um, and me obviously supporting um, we looked at doing uh, a Your Porsche Stories episode live at those events. So if you are listening to this and you go to um, 
go to one of the Legends Drivers Club events and you're interested in doing that live, uh, yep, just reach out as well and let me know. We'll get those booked in. Um, there is a potential for another one, but I will wait until that firms up. Um, not through Legends, but me being asked to be a guest at uh, a big event in the UK. Um, but it's early days for that, so that conversation's ongoing and I'll let you know what happens. Uh, it, it's going to be a big year next year, though, um, in terms of me meeting more um, resto mod manufacturers, me driving more cars and doing some reviews. All of this will be out on the YouTube channel um, for you to see and enjoy. So, um, yeah, do stay tuned. And if you haven't already subscribed both to the uh, podcast, then you can do that now. And it helps massively if you leave a review. On Apple Podcasts, or you can do that. I think there's an option for you to do on Spotify now as well. Uh, same with YouTube; it makes a huge difference. Uh, I've talked about this, and I will keep talking about it because it's it's the lifeblood of engineering. That is the Ren 550. The quicker I get monetized, the quicker this channel gets monetized, the pot fills up, and I can get stuck in and building my own uh, carbon fiber one of one. Uh, 550 Spider recreations based on a Lotus Elise chassis. So if you've ever seen Radford and what they've done, imagine that with an air-cooled engine and a carbon fiber 550 uh, silhouette. That's the plan. So the more people that go and help, and, and it doesn't cost you anything, although you can join Patreon, head over to Patreon forward slash engineering. You can support the channel that way. Um, but just a simple subscription is absolutely huge. So um, that's what you can do to help the channel grow. Uh, what else? I think that's probably about it. Just going to give um, Andre a, a last shout out before we get into the episode. Um, Andre, I'm so proud of what you've achieved this week, this year. Um, Legends Drivers Club is a huge, huge deal, and I can see week on week it growing, um, and I'm very impressed. So um, go and give Legends Drivers Club a follow as well. And um, yeah, so th- here it is. This is the episode. Uh, this is myself and Lydia from RPM Technic having a good old chat, learning all about what they do, and I'll catch you back up at the end. Welcome back to the Engineering YouTube channel and podcast. Uh, I'm here with Lydia. Lydia. Hello. Hello. Uh, firstly, thank you so much for inviting me to No, you're more than welcome. Um, so this, the intention of this video is to do a bit of a walk around and have a, have a bit of a look at RPM and what they do. Um, Lydia has been so kind in terms of helping me out and getting me down here to do this. So yeah, again, big thank you for that. I'm saying no problem. Um, let's start with you, if that's all right. Yeah, so okay. <laughs> you've been here... So nine and a half years now. Nine and a half years. Yeah, so I started off just doing basic admin. I wasn't mm-hmm. even into cars before I started. I was I about to say, I didn't right? even drive. Okay, I didn't so this, even is, drive. this is really good. So what I normally <laughs> do with these, uh, I think this is my eighth, I've done a, yeah. this sort of thing now. And I normally start with whoever I'm talking to and then go all the way back to childhood. You know, yeah. like, what got you into cars? Nothing. No, <laughs> zero, no, zero interest? Zero, no, zero interest. So okay. I didn't really even have an interest in driving. Um, okay. It was more sort of forced because I needed to drive to be able to get to A to B when mm. my, even with my old job, to be honest. Um, and then I started here. So I started off doing basic admin. Um, didn't really, un- well, I didn't understand anything about cars when I first started, let alone now what I do with all the different models. So then started to drive. 
I think for me, to be honest, I didn't really get into it until I went to a track day. And then I, oh, that for me was okay. the, t- that was the turning point. Right. Um, and you were still doing admin, but the guys said, yeah, yeah. To, so I, I went, so I went out, went out on a track day. Um, so yeah, my first one, which I said to you about earlier was Bedford. Yes. Um, so the early days we did a lot of Bedford track days. And then that for me, I think is when it, then it sort of changed and then ended up going on a couple of road trips, went to the Porsche Museum. And I actually said that was definitely the turning point for me really? was the Porsche Museum and doing the factory tour, because to be able to see the engineering side from the background, that was amazing. Yeah. Really, really fascinating. And then as, I haven't done that yet, by the way. I'm honestly, it is, it is well worth doing. Right. I've done it twice now, the okay. factory tour. They did stop it for a while, but they are now, now doing them all again. Yeah, yeah. so it's well worth doing and it's free. Well, it used to be. Yeah. I assume it's still probably the same, but absolutely amazing. So for me, I think that's where it probably changed. And then I kind of moved up um, within my role and now I run the workshop, so mm. workshop manager. Before you skip to that bit, so yeah, you go don't on. go from admin to workshop manager. No, must have been a so... Because my background, you and we were off camera, we haven't spoken about this, but I'm an engineer now, but way back, so this was probably 2003, I was a service advisor for Lotus. Okay. Um, and Jeep and uh, the Cold Chrysler brand, basically. Yeah. Um, but my, Lotus is the motorsport part. So I completely understand. And I ended up being, again, the same sort of thing, workshop controller, yeah. workshop uh, manager. Um, and it's there's a huge difference between like just running the front desk to actually everything coming through the door and you're... Yeah. And we've talked a lot about breaking hearts, breaking customers' hearts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so how did that, how did that journey... What so happened to that journey? It was, that was never going to be my intended role, um, was okay. never going to be the workshop manager. So initially I came in, so doing admin and then a lot, to be fair, still a lot of my role now is operational. Right. So I was kind of more in an operational role. And then we'd kind of, we'd always struggle to fill the position of workshop manager mm. um, just because of the com- it was re- it's a really complex role mm. and obviously what you have to do within that role. So every time different employees would go on annual leave i'd always cover that role um and we would always have structural changes which it meant who was doing that role would then move to a different department and then i would automatically become the default to to run that department and then i'd ended up doing it i think by for about a year um at this point just just by chance right and then we were advertising at the time for that role so i didn't apply for anything it was sort of the decision was made that actually i was really good good really good at that role that did I want to take on that role full time as opposed to actually then employing somebody to be in that role? Mm. So that's how I ended up in sort of the transition. I think from starting off at admin, not knowing anything about cars, but I was so determined to learn because I really wanted to. Mm. Um, so I think that was a big and difference. To you. A so big difference. Around, right? I mean, you know way more than I do, seriously. So um, <laughs> People yeah. are always really surprised at that as well, though. I think because typically women aren't that into cars. I think is mainly mainly the big thing. So mm. you know, so from my point of view, it's always I will I'd be I'll be asking to go out go out on track days and asking to do mm. all the different things outside of work. I mean, sometimes I go to car shows on my own because I'm that interested in sort of getting out there, meeting like minded people. Mm. Um, like for example, we did the Goodwood Festival of Speed this year, but nobody yeah. else could go. So I went down yeah. and was on the stand on my own for yeah, two two of the days. And we were basing the Michelin paddock, so it was so busy. But I loved it because I think when you're passionate about something, it's it's very easy to stand there talking to people about it. You don't have to you don't have to try. It's, it's an easy it's an easy conversation. Yeah, exactly. You, you know you're talking about um, the expectation and this is really interesting and so I'm a 
big into the STEM, right? And so the project, the engineering project, I've got to get graduate engineers to join and yeah. do a lot of the work. I really want to appeal to everybody and that's gender non-specific, yeah. right? So your automatic thought was that when I was talking about, oh, you know, loads, that it was a gender-based thing. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't at all. Okay. It was that, that you had no interest in cars. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was where that conversation, that yeah. was where that came from. But I do think but as well, it's, yeah, it is. So, and I think the thing is people are quite surprised normally when I can stand there talking about a car and the works that are required on it yeah, yeah. in a more technical detail than just... There's an assumption there. There's, there's an arm that needs being replaced. Why? Oh, I'm not well, sure. I don't know. Maybe go and get someone. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah. Oh, you know, the rubber degrades over time. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, got, I've learned a lot over the years and, you know, you don't get me wrong there's still so much so much I can learn but I'm really grateful for the technicians that I've got around me that if there's anything I'm ever not sure on they will you know they'll show me but it's still every day's a school day like 944s 924s that's something I'm not that familiar with mainly because we don't get that many through Mm, so mm. having the 924 in that we've got at the moment has definitely been we'll show you that in a second yeah definitely been a I'd say a experience for me because it is it's like a school day with them yeah, because yeah. they are so different from sort of modern technology sure. to where they were so and, and the owners of those cars are so fanatical yeah like even if you know your onions they know yeah like pitch and thread of a <laughs> screw and you're like well Okay. Yeah, yeah, they do. They love those things. So. Yeah, they honestly do, and I think because they're so passionate about them, and you know they're on a lot of these forums and mm. like members groups because there's so many members groups for that type of car, sure. um, which I was really surprised about. So when the lady came down to see me about that one, she was like, you know, I'm on this group, this group, this group, and I was like, wow, well, it's like you know, it's a real community for, yeah, for yeah. cars like that. So let's just talk because that's well, I mean I'll interlace this now and stick some footage of this car in, but um, I. I'm a sucker for a story, so yeah. and I love that. So there was a brother and a sister. And a sister yeah, so right. they own it together. Um, they'd bought the gentleman they bought it off from. So the even the guy they bought it from is a really interesting story. Right, so yeah. he's got quite a few of them. Um, he moved to Scotland, mm-hmm. so he had to like reduce his car collection. So he was selling this one because he's also got another nine two four. 944 turbo amongst a few other things and they're all in various different stage of stages of projects so he had to get rid of one and they they'd wanted one for ages then this one popped up um mm-hmm. and they they said that you know they'd had it checked out initially i think by aa or something like that sure. so they knew structurally it was a sound car and it is it's like i said to you earlier well, that, right? that they are really lucky with that mm-hmm. one it's a beautiful example um but the guy only four, you know, tinkered around with it a little bit. So there was some things on it that were not, yeah, 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 that were required because yeah. they weren't quite correct for the vehicle. Um, I mean, you know, by no means it wasn't bodged or anything like that, but it's just, it needed just a bit, yeah. bit of TLC. To be fair, what 25, 30 year old, nine X4 is not You know, doesn't, doesn't need it, exactly yeah. that. But, you know, the the lady who, um, of, the, of the couple, that, well, brother and sister that own it, she's really into cars and she's she never yeah. really had the, time or be able to actually see the vehicle in that state so we got her down you know mm. talked her through it showed her underneath the car and she was fascinated by it because a lot of people you know you can look at it from the top part and be like it's, it's a car it looks nice the wheels look okay but to actually be able to see underneath it where you've got components and things being removed you know it's it's yeah it's, it's amazing for them it's amazing to be able to see the reaction from them when they get to experience that so yeah it's um yeah really and that's, good. So that's something that the conversations we've had off camera the customer journey is really good here yeah there's like a yeah. proper 
it's not transactional. It doesn't seem that way when no, we talk about it. It's, it's, like, it's not. These people become friends. They yeah, they do, and know, I think long-standing customers. I think that part of my job, uh, I say all the time, one of the main things I love about my job is that is that client relation because mm. you you build up a rapport with them, and it, it becomes you understand exactly what they require, and then vice versa. And then when you've got a working relationship that becomes a friendship, it, it's yeah. lovely and. Yeah, I mean, for me, you can always the most important thing is is the client experience mm-hmm. um, and making them. It's, it's so they feel that they're part of the journey as yeah. well. So we always try and you know, if there's any advisory works, it can be very daunting when you receive you know a list that can be an let's a, face it, a an four, older car. Yeah, have a exactly. List. Um, and you know, they'll have an A4 list of advisory work and to. For someone that doesn't necessarily know what all them components yeah. are, you know, we try and follow up the photos, but it's nice when they come down because most of the time, you know, it's generic wear and tear, mm-hmm. what you'd expect with a car of that age and mileage. But I see it day in, day out. So I'm like, sure. you know, there's nothing out of the ordinary on there. But for someone that doesn't, you just get a list. Yeah, you think, horrifying. oh my God, this is this, is, her- this is horrendous. And you're yeah. like, no, it's honestly not. It's just, it's just tired. It's just, just the age of it. Um, but it's like I said to you earlier about the, the 9-on-1s. I feel like the Gen mm. 1 9-on-1s, the list of advisory works I get on them are near enough getting like Gen 2 9-on-7s are now. So, it's yeah. Awesome, it? I mean, they're not that old, are they, really? No, we think the earliest one is sort of late 2014, yeah. 2015, something like that. So, yeah. God. It's all fun and games. It is. So, talk to me about um, RPM. Yeah. What, what does... For the, if you're in the UK, chances are you know of RPM anyway, but YouTube's a big place. Yeah. All over the world. So, what do RPM do? If you can give me the kind of like yeah. different parts of different the Different parts of it. What... So, beans we're in the showroom. Mm. We'll probably talk about we're in here. So, we do sales. So, we offer a sale or return mechanism, is essentially what our plat- main platform was for car sales. So, this is quite rapidly expanded over, say, over the last few years because this unit we only took on. I want to say, oh my God, it's probably five years ago now. I say only just, it, you know, time flies. So Isn't originally it? we had there, but we kind of upped the level of car sales. So we've now obviously got a lot more cars in stock for sale. Um, typically, we don't sell anything over 10 years old, okay. um, unless it's a classic. So you'll probably notice we've got a few um, air-cooled cars in mm-hmm. at the moment. But again, mm-hmm. they go through the same level of inspection and prep like the modern GT cars do. So in here, quite I'd say quite a variety, but there's a lot of GT-based yeah. GT based cars I, I in here at the moment. Did a, did a, like an Instagram two-second, here I am kind of thing. Yeah. I, I find this a lot, right? If I go somewhere, and the same with car shows as well, one car, like that 2RS, yeah. I, w- I would spend 20 minutes looking over it yeah, on yeah. its own, <laughs> and you, you see a whole room full, and you just don't know where to start. No. And it's just that this place is bigger than I expected it to be, and... It's like that the whole way around. You just go, where do I start? Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's, you know, it's almost like being a child in a sweep shop. And I still feel like that after nine and a half years of being here. You walk through and you think, wow, you know, it's it's pretty cool, the machines we have here. So predominantly a lot of the the sales cars uh, currently that we've got in here at the moment are GT-based, but we sell 981 Boxes, 981 Mm. Caymans. Um, Gen 2 997s, 991s. So it's not all GT platform, you know, uh, there's various different models that we sell. Um, like I said, it will go for the same level and pre- level of prep regardless of, of what car it is. Um, so that's kind of summarises the, the sales part of the business. Um, then we go into the service. So obviously service is a very big part of our business. Is, we yeah. will go through the workshop again later. Yeah. So that is everything from basic servicing, discs, pads, clutch, IMS, if we're obviously referring to 996s. Um, we also do all the generic post and pre-track day checkovers in there, which again can be, it's like 
such a vast amount of cars that now go mm. on track because mm. it's like i said earlier you know you've got the nine on one gts's that people use use on track because they can drive to the track do yeah. the track day then come home again not have to worry whereas you know some people depending on how modified their cars are will have to trail it to and from the circuit so servicing main bulk of work that goes on in there but it's like I said earlier, it's, it's from it's from anything. So at the moment, we've got when we walked through earlier, there's a 924 in there. You've mm. got a Panamera that's currently being serviced. You've got a 996 that's having an exhaust system. You've got a GT3 RS that's having a pre-season, well, norm, almost post-season, kind of pre still ready for you know the next track day. So it's such a vast amount of work that goes through that workshop. Mm. We also do all our Manta, Manta racing um, setups suspension upgrades, full conversions, they also go on in the main workshop. So there is a real vast amount of work that mm. goes on goes on in there because of all the different skill sets that are based in there. Yeah, sure. And then going on, kind of if I'm doing the walkthrough, we've got the engine and gearbox shop, which is obviously, as it sounds, it's all the engine and gearbox rebuilds. So the gearboxes are only manuals that we build. We don't get involved with sort of the Tiptronic or, or PDK just because of all the different tooling and things that's required. It's not our sort of expertise in that area. But engine builds is anything from air-cooled, water-cooled, race engines. So at the wow. moment, we've got um, what we've got on in there. We've got a standard 996 that's currently in rebuild. We've got the 993 modified engine nice. that we've got in rebuild. Um, and we've got a cup car engine that we're in the process of just finishing. So very different. Um, mm. But we, but then again, kind of thinking back to what we've done over the last year, we've built a 959 engine and we've got a second one underway and build at the moment. So really is, again, the knowledge base within that it's department. Nice, it? Yeah, it really is. So anything kind of goes within there. Yeah. Um, then walking around in my head and then we've got where I said my ultimate department because of all the works that go through there is the air-cooled restorations department. Yeah. Is and it John? Is it... No, Chris. 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 I probably called him Boise because he's Chris Boise, but it's always what right. everyone calls him. So in there is, it's fascinating because you've, again, got anything from a service to yeah. a complete bare metal restoration. Um, or a drug cartel 959. Or a drug cartel 959. As you do. As you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, 92, I mean, look, got 924 having some sort of yeah your work and a nine five nine yeah. within the set. I mean it's just yeah it's it's amazing and like I showed you earlier we've obviously got the shell that is is ready for reassemble um you've got one that's partially stripped which has ended up escalating into more than just an interior yeah. and then when we go through we'll talk about the um 993 RS stroke GT2 yes. modified car that we've got in there at the moment but yeah the 959 is I think sometimes doing what we do you do take for granted the cars that come through because you're so used you're so used to seeing them yeah uh, one of the big things we focused on this year has always been carrera gts um right. which okay. are absolutely incredible um if we could have come in like two weeks ago we had we had three here which oh, typical, isn't it? Right. yeah 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 so we have got a couple more coming in um for suspension upgrades and services i'm gonna have to come back anyway you'll, so. you'll have to because i think again there's going to be two or three in at the same time I'd say probably late November, December, yeah. just right. waiting on the kits at the moment. But something like that, you, you do take for granted because you, you see them coming through and you're like, they're, they're amazing. They are you know, incredible cars. Mad, but you become right. so used to seeing yeah. seeing these cars that it's only sometimes when you step back and take a moment, you yeah. think like, oh, I'm extremely lucky to, to work where I do totally. and to be able to be surrounded by these cars. Yeah on a daily basis. I got taken out in um, a Kuro GT for the first time, 
probably say a couple of months ago. It didn't disappoint. It was, really? it was yeah, exactly it, you wanted yeah, to do. Um, yeah. I tried to do a video when it when I was was driving on, but I just kept laughing. It was I felt really? like a child. Yeah, right. I honestly felt like a child. That's, that's, so, that's what cars should do to people. Yeah, right? it like, really should. That, it, it's, for me, it's I'm less about the kind of precision instrument smash a lap time. I want that experience yeah. with everything I go in. Yeah, right? definitely. And I still want, I don't ever want to lose that feeling of like just you know the overwhelmed eight-year-old child that whatever whatever car it is if it gives me that i'm in yeah i, I don't care what it yeah is, exactly exactly and i i you know i'm very lucky that i get to experience this i think one of the highlights for me this year was we went to donnington mm. um donnington park and one of our clients has got he's got a few cars um one of them i'll have to whisper because it's not a porsche but um we won't We'll just skip that. Yeah, I'll edit it out. Edit it out. <laughs> um, but he did take me. He's got an F14. He did take me. Oh, okay, that's he, fine. He did take right. me now that in two in that as well. So I went out and his 993 GT2, um, his RSR, and then the F40, Jeez. like kind of kind of back to back. But yeah, that. I mean, that's just the the bonkers thing. Oh, this is, I guess, this is social media and being able to do this stuff. And you know, like I was growing up, I was a petrolhead from like birth, pretty much. Yeah. And I had the posters on the wall and all. And the, but they, those things seem so unattainable to even see like if you were, yeah. you were lucky to see a testarossa or whatever it is um and now the accessibility to that not for generally people but you can go to a show and you'll see these things fairly regularly yeah and for the likes of yourself where you get to go and you know who gets who gets a lap round i know, I know. <laughs> crane of curves in a formula an f40 yeah so that for me was definitely one of one of the highlights of this year was being able to experience all three of those Back, back to, to back, back. Um, it it was Pinching mind. Moment. It was yeah. It honestly was because you know I've been out on, on track with passenger laps. I've been in you know the likes of a, this nine on one MR, um, the GT four. But again, a lot of the vehicles I've been out on track have been more of the modern platform because typically yeah. you see more of them yeah, when of you course. when you're out on track. Um, you don't really see people using nine on three GT twos as as track cars. You know, yeah. but all of a sudden they're used. They're used as they're as they're intended, and it was absolutely amazing. Mm. But the experience was so different; it was quite scary. I'll be honest. Really? Yeah, yeah, it really was because talented driver. I mean, yeah, you can't say no. Yeah, no, he's he's a good driver. Right, fine, otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't have got in. A, in got in as a passenger. Otherwise, sure. but yeah, that was that was amazing. Definitely one of the highlights of the year. The year was that. But again, like you forget how lucky you are to be able to do do these things and, and call it a job because i don't think there's many people that probably say actually i love my job well like, you can get up every day and be like yeah. i i don't mind going to work yeah yeah, yeah. which i think in this day and age is quite rare but i also think that i've actually probably most people like all of us that work here because it's so it's such a family community yeah. that we've got here that I think everyone, you know, feels the same. Yeah. We're really, really lucky to have the team of people that we do, but also to have that close relationship with everybody sure. that we do, which there's not many businesses that, that you get that with. Um, you no. know, most people that come in and kind of see see everybody else when they're walking through and the, the team, everyone can see that, that everyone's yeah. genuinely really passionate about yeah. it. But we all work so well together at the same time, which is why I think, you know, that it just works. It why, why we kind of are where we are. And I think so... Let's take a customer that's just bought, you know, a relatively new car, yeah. or maybe in warranty, or just kind of on that point where they, you know, back, go back and get a Porsche approved warranty. Yeah, it's it's a difficult choice to make because you've got the dealer network and you you know lured into the whole trap of like endlessly renewing yeah. policies. But 
the idea that you get to know somebody that knows your car, not a 99 whatever, yeah. or, you know, 98 whatever, but they know your car and they know what you do with that car. Yeah. And then they see it over the years, like, you know, I'd, I'd trade a warrant, you know, a warranty for that peace of mind. The, the fact that someone goes, you know, that oil leak, look, it's an air-cooled car, they all leak a little bit of oil, you're fine. I'll Characteristic tell you, of the car. Characteristic <laughs> of the car, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, and it's, that's the beauty of something like RPM, where you, you know, that guy's been there for 20 years, we, we know we're working on these cars, yeah. he's in inside out, you can see your car for the last 10 years, you know, that's an attractive thing. For a customer yeah. journey, that's really important. Yeah, so. it's, and we always, our main thing is, we always have the same technicians working on the car each year. Right, so, okay. um, one, because they get to know, again, get to know the car, get to know the owner, if they ever do come and meet the client mm. from that point of view, but it's, it's important, so, it will be if you had your car in five years ago if it came in today it will be the same technician that's working on it this time and they will remember the cars yeah, even yeah. if there's been quite a few years in between they're like i'm sure i flagged this last time on it right. can you just double check and you're like yeah just have a quick look on the system sure. so we always always have the same uh, and i think it's peace of mind for the mm. client as well that you know it's it's the same technician working on the car so the continuity and things like that it, you know it it's a, it's the same so we've always done it like that it just works. It does. Um, but yeah, so. Really cool. And yeah. then I guess, so one of the things I've been listening to the RPM podcast, go and have a listen to the RPM podcast because there's loads of interesting stuff. Yeah, Greg's very engaged. Greg's good. Tim, Greg's... I was listening to one with Tim and Greg talking about yeah. specking a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was really interesting. What I found that came up a few times is I've seen this car, or we've seen this car, four, we've sold it four times. Yeah. Right? Again, testament to the company, the fact that these cars are sold, maintained, and then come back they into do. the same place. Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, that's not common. No, it's not, because like they just said in the podcast, like some of the cars will be in like the third time of us selling them, and they've been in, the guys have used them, we've maintained them in between. Mm. And I think it's because the whole journey, regardless whether it's on service or sales, it's the same, they get the same yeah. level of care. Yeah. So you'll retain them because of that personal relationship we end up building with like you know each one rapport based on right the experience they've got when they we've sold it to them and then they then bring it back for the service and then technically although we're yeah we are separate departments i don't obviously get involved in the sales side and sure. vice versa um you know there is an element of crossover because they've already had that intro from one of the departments because sometimes you know on the other hand we'll get a car in for a service and then we end up selling it mm. so from that point of view the intro could be from either avenue outside. and it all it all crosses over it kind yeah. of all, all feeds into and you, you know, get that same. kind of you can vouch for a car you're not vouching you're not you need yeah to because you've seen this car because you know it you know it yeah and i think that's one of one, one of the guys the knows it yeah intimately. yeah so i actually had it the other day greg was like oh this this guy's rang up and he's looking to sell it what do you know about the car and i'm like oh i know this this and this because as well because i'm dealing with the clients and the reports and things like mm. i get to know the cars and i'm like oh no you don't want you don't want to go near that one or i mean that doesn't <laughs> that very very rarely right? happen yeah. yeah it doesn't it doesn't happen but you know i would i would know the answer to that but it's the same as like the opposite way you're like no it's a really good car it's sure. always been well maintained and because you've only got to look on the system you're like is it one we take in yeah it's had a service every year it's been over service we've done x y and z on it you're like you know it's a good solid car so they definitely do feed into each other and mm. the same for the clients which is kind of why you end up get, getting the repeat yeah, business like service into sales, sales into service yeah exactly yeah. so so that's service sales yeah so the restoration well so that air cooled again so the service inside it's treated the same um 
when it goes through that department. The only difference is with the air called servicing, it's not run through me. Okay. So Chris, who heads up that department, he actually manages all of his own jobs is he really? in there. Yeah. So he's got like I would be if I'd fifteen years to me or twenty years to me, I'd love to do that. Yeah, he is. Pull the shutters down. Leave me alone. Not interested. He is an air called wizard. Is he has been referred to as being an air called god and air called wizard because you know I find it fascinating what he does in there, but the vast amount of knowledge. He 40 has years, did he forty say? years, yeah, 40 that he years. has on those cars. It wouldn't even be worth me me trying no, to, no. you know. I I can I can deal with some of the advisory work and servicing if I needed to, but his expertise on it, it, it just works. Yeah. So ever since he joined us, which God is probably I'm trying to think how many years ago that was now. It's probably coming up six. It right. wouldn't surprise me. Um, so he runs and manages all of his own jobs mm-hmm. in there from start to finish. So. You know, you'll get a client or phone up and book their car in and he'll determine based on what their use has been, what their mileage has been, what the last service was, what we're going to do on it next. And then again, all of the managers from start to finish, if there's any advisory work, the project is slightly different. So there's a kind of a few of us that are involved in that. The main one is Ollie. So he's the technical director yeah. and founder of RPM. So he will initially do the main intro, obviously all the pricing and then a lot of the management of the of the client um through throughout the journey then you've got background people who have involved in it like myself mm. i do the invoicing part so everybody hates me hearts, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> breaking hearts right. and then you've got simon who he basically does all the parts part side of it so we've got two parts guys one brendan who focuses on the workshop and then you've got simon who does the special projects parts and engine rebuild so he kind of does all of that part so really you've got and then obviously you've got chris chris who restores them so you've yeah. got a team of people basically finishing that like so there's a finished article at the end so there's a lot of steps in place but they are always longer term you know you're you're sort of depending on what level they're going to if you've got a basic respray it's not going to be as long as like some of the ones we've got on the go at the moment where you're taking a 993 and turning it into a wide-bodied car in, yeah, so something or if like a customer that. has a change of heart halfway through, I mean, we talked about that earlier, I'm not going to yeah. identify the cars, but yeah. customers, is their prerogative to go, eh, I've yeah. done all right this year. Yeah, let's, let's yeah. I'm user. really sorry, guys, but I know this is kind of the wrong way around to do it. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, you do get that, but that kind of the car we were talking about earlier, so that go will go through the workshop because it's not technically classed as, as air-cooled. Um, but one of the so while we're on kind of colour changes and back into the workshop side so one of the ones we've just done at the moment which got collected last week um, I suppose it's kind of restoration but because of it being a 991 was run through the workshop so we did a full colour change on a 991 that's a lot yeah yeah, oh, I mean, the, 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 it was so lava orange before. It was lava orange. It was lava orange. Which people go hunting for anyway. Yeah. So went yeah. to... And GT Silver. Did it really? And it looked... It was, the finished article was stunning. So yeah, yeah, he, sure. did, he collected it last week. But again, that's been a long process, like mm. stripping the car back. Because most people obviously do the liquid... What's it? PP? Liquid. Paint, yeah, whatever yeah, it's called, stuff. that, yeah, yeah, that. But he was like, no, he'd had that before. He'd never really got on with this. He right. said, no, I, I want this car to be GT Silver. He's owned it since new. Right. So, you know, there's obviously the sentimental attachment part of it anyway. Yeah. But it looked... It looked fast. It looked so good, and for me, I'd say the highlight was when he came to collect and the look on his face at the end of it. And you're like, that's that's what, that's it's, what, all, it's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So on that side, we can do color changes on modern, you know, modern cars, which we have done before. Mm. Um, but then back sort of kind of the air cooled again. That's, that's anything. Most of the time, our kind of philosophy is like you do it once and you do it properly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
it's it is taking it back to bare metal to you know then be able to restore it properly but typically you're going to be looking at sort of about 18 months to do a full right. full restoration yeah. depending on what level and they're going to go to before, you know again not going to identify the car but it, unfortunately yeah. there are great people out there not just you guys but there's lots of people that are yeah, fantastic yeah, yeah. at doing their thing and there's other people that arguably yeah cut corners, cut corners a little bit yeah, yeah no and so, it's, it's sad ah. i find it more sad than anything because you're yeah. like on the on the top side they they look really well done and then yeah. it's only when you start delving into a bit more and you're like it's a bit sad that the car has not had the love and attention to yeah. detail that it deserves it's been done to a price or, yeah. yeah um so it's nice that when you get to get a car to be able to start the process and then you see the finished article and you're like it, it's incredible because mm-hmm. you know everything on it has been done to a really high standard yeah. it's I mean, all documented even, exactly yeah yeah so we literally photograph from start from the point that we've not even turned a spanner on the car mm-hmm to obviously right way through to the to the finished yeah, article yeah. so that and the same with like the sort of the third parties we use like the people we use for bodywork mm. and like interior again there's it's all documented and they all work for really high standards sell that car how, like that's the a big yeah. part of the value is in the fact that you can see all of what that. work's can, been undertaken yeah, yeah no definitely yeah. so i think you know like i say the process is quite long for for the restorations depending on what level whether they go to but mm. they are they are so worth it you know mm. when you see see that end result it's a shame we haven't got any completed here at the moment or yeah. in the different stages so you could kind of be like right this is what it's like before but I'm we start not unhappy because it means i get to come back yeah no definitely yeah. um because we have got a couple like i said in interior at the moment so when they come back and then i can show you the before photos of yeah. what they started life as to, to now That's what they are. to now what they look like so it's, it's a very nice journey to be able to see even though i don't have a massive amount of involvement and Chris is heavily involved in it so like I said I always go over there because it's it's my favorite department just because there's always so many different things happening in there you know you might have a car that comes in for a service but it always escalates because they are they are old cars now curation it's like looking after yeah exactly mummified pricing yeah you've got to take care of that yeah but I just think they're they're so well made You know, so yeah, it's definitely definitely one of my favourite departments. And I like the fact it's not in the same, you know, separated. Out. Yeah. So like it's got because I guess the you know moving things around is is a little bit tricky if you've got multiple projects on the go. Yeah. You know, whereas you, you can pretty much, I guess, with some of the newer stuff, predict how long a job's going to take. Yeah. So therefore, you can go, okay, well, I know I'm going to need that ramp tomorrow, but if you've got something circled. And it escalates. Yeah, that's why we have to put an extra ramp in there because right. it, it yeah, kind of yeah, that's yeah. the way it was going. But I think we only took on that unit again. I want to say it might have been three years ago. I think, but mainly because air cooled and the restorations escalated so much. Like I mean, right. we've been doing it for a long time, but we actually used to run it out of the motorsport department. Um, because we didn't used to have as many on the go as as we currently do now, and yeah. then obviously the more projects you put out, the more the more that people see these see these cars out there. Yeah. The, you know naturally that it's, it's going to get busier so we yeah we've put out quite a few different projects and restorations and they've very all been cool. they've all been very cool and all very different and very unique because everybody has their own vision of what they want their yes. dream car to look like yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know it might not be for some people that you know they're going to be marmite but it's ultimately what the client wants and if yeah. it's their dream car then you've Nothing's achieved you've achieved way. it you know you've achieved what they wanted at the end yeah. of it so cool 
Have I missed it? Have we missed anything? Race race team support and So we do more track day support. Track we did we did used to do um we used to support a cup car yeah. years ago now. Um and I remember just going along to race weekends and like getting my rag and cleaning the car in between the different <laughs> different laps and things. <laughs> so we don't really do so much of that now. Okay. Not to say we won't in the future. Um yeah. see track days the last two years we've really pushed and been quite heavily involved with. Yeah. So our main well we work a lot with rma track days yeah. so we kind of i'd say a partnership with them and sort of for the last two years we've worked very closely with them on on the track support we always have drivers lounge set up so if you are over rma track days and we're there there'll always be good coffee so <laughs> which i can testify we've had a conversation before i even came down and i was a bit nervous about the sachet coffee yeah yeah definitely no sachet coffee here yeah so we always do that there'll always be at least one technical person there so we will be able to you know check tire pressures if needed take the wheels off swap wheels over um in the worst case event if you need to swap some brake pads over we've normally got stock so we'll always try and have a few supplies and things um with us on the day so thankfully touchwood we haven't really had to do much of that apart from you know the basic tire pressures but it's always Ollie on technical side that will be there. Greg, who does our sales and marketing, and Darren. Um, I do go to them as well, but not as many as I'd like this year. It's just been it's just it's been, been busy, bad. just yeah. been really busy, and there's only so much I can so much I can go to. But it's it's always great, you know, from every aspect that if you need to talk about what upgrades you could potentially do to your cars, they've always got the demo cars as well. So there's always right. our GT4 MR there, which has obviously had a full conversion um Cranwell and Pinion and now we're obviously just in the process of the exhaust development and then Tim Harvey's always there in his GT3 RS MR and so yeah it's not worth knowing yeah. so you know I think if you ever get the opportunity to be at track where we are and you know come down to the garage and, out, right? and and track <laughs> like yeah, yeah just right? track laps with him yeah, is yeah, yeah. you know I've been He's out a proper hero that guy. honestly yeah. and he is the most down-to-earth guy you'll you'll ever meet you know I'm very grateful enough to be able now to call him my friend yeah. and, you know I, I suck I said that to him but again like you take for you take this for granted that you yeah. get to be around such amazing people but we've had it before when he's been here and clients have walked in, they're like, oh my God, is that Tim, Tim Harvey? Like, do you think I can go and get a photo with him? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah like, no, yeah, that's right. fine. Yeah. But you know, you think, God, I've got loads of photos of him when we've been yeah. at an X event and this event, but you, do, you don't think you don't think too much of it. And yeah. I think, again, you kind of sometimes just take for granted, like, what, what a true hero that man, yeah, that yeah, man yeah, really totally. is. But to go out in a car The golden age him, of British touring car, literally, yeah, you know? honestly. So, you know, when I was saying one of my highlights was going out in the 903 GT2, it might, one of my highlights will always be going out with Tim Harvey in the car because we, I'm trying to think when the first time I actually went out with him, went out with him, him was, and you're silent. I was, doesn't take a lot for me to be quiet, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> but I was silent really? in the car. And no. I said, the way he was driving the car, it looked so effortless really? that he could have just been popping down to the shops and listening to classical music, not, you know, 140 miles an hour down, down the straight. Yeah. You, you know, it, it is surreal. It's a really surreal experience, but yeah. it is amazing absolutely amazing experience so to yeah ever get a passenger lapse with that man is is yeah. definitely like bucket list moment i would say so right so we've covered track days yeah service yeah restoration yeah sales yeah I, that, that, I say that's like yeah we've done csr it. yeah so csr so obviously when that concept first came about was actually just before my time so right. i don't actually know the full background as to how they ended up getting there. So we obviously you'd have I'll seen. Come back and yeah, that. yeah. So you'd have obviously seen like a lot of the like full conversions that we've put out. Yeah. Um, 
say of the 996s, 907s, I mean, CSR is still around. We don't do so many full conversions now. A lot of it is, I mean, the ducktails we sell loads, absolutely right. loads, but right. all over the world. Right. So one of our biggest markets for the ducktails at the moment seems to be Thailand and Australia. Okay. Is where most of our ducktails are going. Fine. Which fine um so we sell a lot of the individual components i mean we still do get quite a lot of inquiries on the csr platform but it's just there hasn't been that many full conversions we've sure. done of late i think we've got one for sale at the a sale at the moment i was um, so and I, when i say so close so this probably that's twice so when i bought my 981 there was a it, was, it wasn't snake bite but it was similar to it was like a 997 platform yeah csr and i was oh, was that close that it's like hitting the dialing the numbers uh, under odd, uh, yeah. And again, recent more recently, there's another one. They might even be the one in the car park. But, yeah. yeah, so that came in. I'd say probably about three weeks ago. It's a Gen two non on seven that one. So yeah, pretty special. Though. Yeah, they are. They're very cool cars. Very cool cars. So yeah, like I said, we st- we still do quite a, you know quite a bit of the upgrades and things, particularly suspension. We do so many suspension upgrades on the nine or six nine or seven platforms built mm. still. So I think a lot of it is individual because we split it down. So rather than just offering sort of full packages, we split it down so- slightly so people could do you know if they just wanted the same suspension setup that was on the CSR, they could kind oh, of okay, purchase cool. that that yeah, package. Yeah. You know. R&D yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, so they would obviously not be classed as a, a CSR conversion unless you've done the full conversion, but essentially you're still bolted on some of the stuff that's been tried and tested on, yeah. you know, for years on these on these cars to just a bolt on because you know it works. Yeah. So it's, you know, we use KW um, yeah. or Manti, which is obviously KW components anyway. So because it's tried and tested, yeah. you know, we, we know it works. Obviously, we do use other suspension um, manufacturers as well, but yeah, KW is is yeah for me ultimate suspension so all right i think it's probably a good time to wrap up this part yeah a second walk around second walk around yeah (laughs) yeah it's probably changed since we walked in there earlier though as well so yeah no that's great all right let's let's uh hang this bit up and then so this is what i was saying so ricky's currently working on a gt3 rs which is having a setup well i think it's more of a tweak isn't it do you mind just talking us through a little bit what we're doing on this oh, one. Um, yeah, so this guy, he's um, done some more track days this time and uh, lots of progress on and get the car set up again and uh, just make the tyre wear work better. Oh, right, okay. Has there been much customised, like, you know, setting for geo settings, like specific stuff? Or is it? Yeah. We start from the base setting um, for, say, first time drivers um, and then as they get better and better, we'll uh, sort of yeah, 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 so we can add more and um, just get the tyre wear out of the car. So this, we already did the Manti suspension kit on it. I mean, you're welcome to yeah, have yeah. a little do clo- more closer shot if you'd like. Um, we did that, I'd say, a couple of months ago. And this is also running the Surface Transforms discs. Uh, okay. So that's one thing that puts people off with buying PCCBs. Yeah. Yeah, so these are, I, I wouldn't even say an alternative because, you know, typically... A lot of these that we fit, um, their PCCBs go go in the box. So obviously, right. if you need to switch back, because to replace them, you're you know you're looking at sort of 20 grand plus, and you've got to do in pairs. These can be resurfaced two to three times. Um, okay. So you know fr- from that point of view, they're the ideal thing for for track use. So yeah, Perfect. it's it's ideal really. Amazing. Good things over. 
and then not the 944 now. So, so it's, it's just, this is what I said. It's changed. We can do some more footage of the 94 later anyway. So. This is what I meant by it changes so quickly. Yeah. So the one we of the 94 we were working on, we're actually waiting for one fuel line. So it's meant we've had to come to a pause on that, push that out. And then this is in for a service and a brake fluid change. So this is a car we have worked on and looked after for years and years, even really? before my time here. So oh, wow, yeah, really? yeah, wow. long, long time. I think I'm pretty sure this guy has been a client since we were in sort of the, the barn days. So yeah, very, very long time. Um, but always well, always well maintained, and again a real enthusiast, enthusiast for for the car. So we can get some more pics on the 924 later. I mean, it's still still an interesting, cool car, the, yeah. the 944 anyway. Um, the other two bays are empty now because they've obviously gone out on road tests. So yes. again, we can probably do a walkthrough on the way back. So there's yeah. probably going to be something a bit different in here by that point anyway. So engine room. Oh, there's actually no one in here. I was going to have to say we'll have oh, to come. We'll have to come back because, you know, it's like I said, Dave talking to you through what we what we've done on this and you know what we've currently got on the go at the moment is is always fascinating. So, it's like I said, this is from uh, a 993 that we've built, but this has got a lot of our own modified um, components that we've you know spent years on our yeah, R and D yeah, on. Sure. So, but again. We'll have to come back and he can talk you through exactly what we've done on that and, and what we've got on the go at the moment because he has very interesting stories so always worthwhile having a chat with him as we said favorite favorite depart favorite department favorite place so <laughs> We've come to hound you now. So, like we were saying earlier, in here we do anything from air-cooled servicing, um, suspension right the way through to full restoration. So this is the only one we've actually got in here at the moment that it's, you can kind of see the workmanship that goes into it. So this is at the moment still a bare shell. Um, it's getting going to be getting ready for reassemble. So this was taken right back to bare metal and then re-sprayed. It's been it was originally, I can't even remember the original colour, but it had a repaint previously to Riviera Blue, not by us, long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, and then we're stripped back to bare metal. And then this is the, the finished example of, of, well, finished, not finished, the finished shell. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. the wax is in, you can see that. Yes, yeah, 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 getting it oh, ready. Really the paint's amazing. It's, yeah. It's really, really straight. Yeah, it's, getting it's, these tunnels dialed in is not going to be easy. No, no, one. not at all. Mind your feet on this. Yeah, so, yeah, and then this one has just had full suspension replacement um, on this one, a refresh. So this is Dave, who is typically runs the engine shop. Um, he also does some work on air cool cars as well because he's got a lot of expertise in it. So engine out of this one at the moment for a rebuild and then a complete recommission so the guy hadn't owned this for that long and then it came in wanted to do a road trip in it unfortunately those plans were scuppered when the engine leaks were slightly more than just misting of oil um, so that's that's now in with us so I think he ended up taking I'm sure he took his three five six in the end on the on the trip to trip to France oh, wow, so yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, de yeah, definitely, definitely. I think he took it on the road trip prior to uh, okay. prior to the, um, the the Goodwood breakdown. So, yes, if you want to know any more about sort of what's been done on this, it's, uh, this has had the suspension, isn't it, on this? So the full suspension overall, um, the KW suspension, 
all the bushes have been changed and all the arms, everything's about to go there, yellow plated. Nice. So it looks like it works. Nice. Lovely car as well. Well, yeah. Yeah. I really like them. I think it's just more the the fact that they have to be kept inside because they are really reliable oh, loop, roofs, yeah. are they? They they leak a lot. So we actually put yeah, electric yeah. steering on this one. Well. Yes, we did. Yeah. So this one. Like, literally, I just said the interior is not really nice. Um, this one had an electric power steering conversion fitted to it by oh, us. Okay. What a few months ago, wasn't it? Now, so it originally. Was it that long ago? Okay, about a year ago then. That's what right. I mean. Time just, just kind of flies. Yeah. Um, so that was what it initially came in for. Then he said, oh, whilst you've got it, can you do a geo on it? And then unfortunately got it on the ramp to sort of look to see if we were able to undertake the geometry on it. And the suspension was too far gone. Hence why he opted to do the, the KW in the end. So once Chris is done, we'll go up around and he can talk you through, um, talk you through this one over there. Yeah, it's Again, so clean. Again, interiors have varying degrees of quality, like some are okay. And yeah, are to be I mean, this is a this is an absolutely beautiful example um, of, in, of interior work, but a lot of people, I find they either do all or nothing. Yeah. You know, not a lot of people would do just one component of the car, especially with an air-cooled car, because the rest of the leather in the interior is really tired because yeah. of the age. I think it's a case of you, you do it all or or you don't, don't yeah. you know like like with this one you can see you can see the workmanship that's gone into the interior it's had everything so everything in it is fresh clean it's even had the um, porsche classic media stuff yeah in. it's great yeah really really lovely find the heat we'll go over to the to the 959 we can't not talk about this can we no we can't not talk about you it you guys aren't going to be able to smell this clearly but there is Barn smell. Still, yeah. It's just a, yeah. And I mean, look at the interior of this. Super cool. Super cool car. Yeah, so this, this has been off the road for 30 years, possibly a little bit more. So the guy I bought it was imported in from Mexico. Yeah. It was owned by a cartel member, but I can't remember which one. I know it's the, it's the other one that's on Netflix. Yeah, Just okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, um, I'll add it in. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll add that in after. Um, got imported in, and it's literally been in a warehouse ever since. So the guy, the same owner, the guy that imported it in, he, I don't actually know the background as to why it ended up in, a, you know, a bonded warehouse and then and then not used. We initially came around this car from another client who was looking to purchase it. So we went and did an inspection on it in the in this bonded warehouse. He subsequently didn't buy it. Um, he decided he wanted a different colour, 959, so opted to go a different route. It then came into us, trying to think how long ago it came into us now, like a, a while ago. Um, but the guy wasn't sure which route he was going to go down. So this is now being recommissioned. So you'll see the engines out of it at the moment. This is having a full, full engine rebuild. Um, you know, after sitting for 30 years everything's perished you, know, you, you wouldn't be able to safely turn over the engine while after it's been sat for that long so that's essentially why this is having an engine rebuild you may have seen from our instagram and youtube previously that we did another 959 of which we did a full recommission and rebuild but that one completely different story because that guy uses the car all the time right so you know i mean he uses it 
sometimes in a weekday, which I think is amazing that that is being used, yeah, used as intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his story completely different. It just was so well used that it needed the recommission. So that's the difference between sort of this, that one and this one. But this is a lovely example because it's well, it's done. No, it's done nothing. You know, the mileage on it is so low. I think it's. I actually remember now. Let's have a look. 23,000 kilometres. What is it? 23,000 kilometres. So, you know, very low mileage. And a lot of that would have been in its early years because of how long it's how long it's been sat. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but yes. Yeah, options. I can see the states and the you know, there'll be people all over the place screaming and jumping yeah. over it. It's just a bit, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It's, you know, they're such beautiful cars. But it's again, like I said to you earlier, I feel like sometimes you take these things for granted because we've had a few of them through now, which that in itself, to say that out loud, we've had a few 959 series, you know, it's, it's amazing, really amazing. This, this is quite a cool story, given we're in the air cool department to be able to, you know, talk, talk through the reason. When did you get this? I bought it in January. Okay, I thought it was back. Was this a year ago. so? When you bought it, was it bought with the intention of it you was, knew knew it needed work? It was a non-runner. Okay, um, and it needs basically it needs restoring. Does it? Um, the kidney bowls are rotten on it. They're not horrendous, but they just started to, to go. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't look like it needs a lot, right? To so look at it, the paintwork is chipped and whatever, so it's going to need a, a full repaint. It needs the roof doing. But the thing about yeah. it is it was quite a rare car. Um, this is an anniversary model. Um, they only brought 30, uh, sorry, 50 in from for the UK market. Wow. Um, 30 of them were coupes. Okay. Uh, 10 were Tars and 10 were Cabriolets. So it's a one right. of 10 car. Wow. Which crazy. makes it, you know, a car worth spending it's worth, money on. Worth the effort. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot, of, quite a few different things um, to a standard 3.2 Carrera. These are the colour-coded wheels. They had a club sports gear shifter. Um, if you look at the seats, the seats have got very Porsche's signature. That's, I mean, I didn't even know this existed. They came with um, metallic leather interior and plush carpets. Wowzers. Yeah, it was the 25th anniversary. Um, maybe I missed it, but was this a customer's car or something you just found by you know, like knowing people? Or it's just knowing people. I, I was looking for a car to do a restoration job on myself anyway, yeah. and you know I'm passionate about these cars, um, and I wanted one to do myself. And a friend of mine knew a lady that had this in a garage for nine years when her husband passed away. Right. So she wanted a certain amount of money for it, and I was willing to pay that. Yeah. Um, I've already spent about 80 hours on it, just getting it roadworthy, really? getting it back on the road. Wow. But I've probably got about another three or 400 hours of getting it restored. How do you fit that, I mean, how do you fit that in? Well, some of me holiday time I'll take to strip it down. Right, okay. Um, also Dave, our other technician, yeah. he's our engine builder, he's going to give me an hand to build the engine, so, right, okay. you know, I will have help doing it. Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna? Are you gonna try and keep it going, drive it when it's? Oh yeah. I, I used it all through the summer anyway. Did you? That's cool. Because I guess there'd be a temptation to park it up and. No. But actually, these things probably better being mobile, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Use them. 
Is that would you say that's a thing in general for air cooled stuff? Don't stick it in a garage or it's, yeah, it's no good for them. Or if if it's in a garage for a certain amount of time, always go out and just start it up anyway. Right. Every now and then, because it's not good for the engine just to sit in one position with the valve open. Yeah. Certain valves will be open, um, and those valves are open for a certain amount of time will get weak. Yeah. And, oh, okay. And, and eventually, especially if the car's sat around for maybe ten years or whatever, eventually because they go weak when you first start the engine up sometimes you can break a valve spring right and you can end up causing damage to the engine yeah, but yeah of course there you go you've heard it now from the from the guru make sure you start your aircraft cars awesome it's Are always nice to take them out for a drive every now and then anyway um while they're, yeah. while they're laid up and if you're lucky i mean the weather's amazing exactly. today, so why wouldn't you yeah Are you gonna with the so the seat that embroidery in the seat yeah i if it was me I'd be tempted to try and retain that headpiece. Oh, it will be. Because you, you, you can never replace that, right? You, even if you try to replicate it, that is, that's the original it is, part yeah. of leather. So well, it's like a synthetic thing. Original is everything. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. even replace any of the carpets. Right. Um, everything will be cleaned. Um, the leather can be repaired anyway. Yeah. Obviously, the roof needs changing. It's got a split in the roof. Sure. But yeah, wherever possible. So but originality, Retain yeah. the patina yeah. and just sort of, yeah, bring it back to life. Super cool. I'm not gonna let you were working, guys. So I'm not gonna take any more of your time, but okay. I am really grateful for your time. Cheers, thank nice you. One. Thanks, Chris. Take care, mate. Wow, that was so nice. Um, I, again, I know I've sort of waxed lyrical about how nice these guys are, but Lydia's taken probably, I've been here a couple of hours. So uh, yeah, massive thank you to RPM um, and Lydia especially for making me so welcome. It was really interesting to walk around the showroom and, and learn a bit more about what they do. Um, and also a big thank you to Chris who was not that keen to be on camera. Um, but yeah, learning about the restoration side of the business, particularly for me. For the Ren 550, it's not so much a restoration as a starting from scratch and rebuilding something, um, you know, taking something that was kind of a silhouette of a 550 Spider and then turning it into a completely re-engineered platform. Um, but appreciating the restoration side of the business and the effort and time it takes to get something right. Uh, we're going to come back and I'm going to come back and look at the engineering behind, um, you know, the engine builds and the things that we didn't get quite a chance to look at today, but. Yeah, again, big thank you to RPM for their time today. And uh, uh, yeah, if you head over to our Instagram, at Rengineering UK on Instagram, at uh, Rengineering on Facebook, and Rengineering on YouTube. Uh, I think that's probably all there is to say. RPM, you can find them, and Lydia in Porsche. Uh, she's on Instagram as well, so go and give her a follow. Um, we'll be back very soon. Uh, thank you so much. Hope you all have a lovely day. And uh, yeah, take care. Bye for now.